What's going on? What's going on? Entertain the Geeky. Freeze frame. Gotta jump in the sky. Freeze frame. <laughs> Guys, what's going on? What's up? So, we said we would be talking about the League of Regrettable Superheroes. <laughs> and, uh... Comics were weird. Very weird. Well, and it... They're always weird, okay? Like if you, if well, I mean, sure, but we had ideas back in the day in the golden and silver age that were just like what All, off. <laughs> There's the filter, a there yes. was a character called Hormone Man. Yes, <laughs> Hormone I, Man. I think it was Doctor Hormone is what they called him, or oh, was I it Hormone he was Man? Just Hormone Man. I don't know. We can refer to the archives. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna here. say. I thought he was just Hormone. <laughs> I Man. I thought it was Doctor. There was hormone. a couple that stuck out to me. There's a couple even there in there that I knew, right? That I had been familiar with, right? Because one of the things that uh, this book sparked in me is looking into how some of these characters, not these characters in the book specifically, but yeah, Dr. Hormone. Dr. Hormone. Okay. I thought so. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> All right, my bad. It was, I thought it was Hormone Man. Dr. Hormone, we apologize. <laughs> Uh, but all these characters are in the public domain now, mostly, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're they're. In fact, I was uh, watching someone talk about this, and they said there's a uh, comic history museum. If you Google like comics museum on on Google, yeah, you can find a place where people have archived old comics that are in the public domain. Oh my god! Download them and actually read them. That's fantastic. Which is ridiculous. It sent me down a little bit of a rabbit hole I'll, when I was looking. I'll try into to it. find a link for that so you guys yes, can, can do uh, that. It's weird, man. Like the the but one of the things that I think is fascinating, right? And one of the things that again the book made me think about was a lot of older characters. Uh, uh, some writers are kind of reviving and making integral parts of the story again. One of the big ones is Black Hand. Black Hand was a character from the '60s, mm-hmm. a Green Lantern villain. It was just a throwaway villain. He had this little device that allowed him to like siphon off Green Lantern energy and shoot it back at Green Lantern. Uh, and he was just a goofy throwaway character. Well, then we got to Jeff Johns and Blackest Night, and Black Hand became the most important character in that story. When, he was the doorway to darkness. When off off camera, you were talking about Kite Man. Kite Man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kite Man had a resurgence during Tom King's run on Batman. Uh, and he's he's a goofy character. He's kind of one of those uh, super hetero ladies man type characters, at least the way they write him. Yeah, right. uh, if you watch the Harley Quinn television sh- uh, car- animated television show, he's popped up in there constantly hitting on Harley Quinn uh, as a goofy little man's man type <laughs> character. Um, but Polka Dot Man's another one, right? One of the, th- I mean, if you saw the Suicide Squad, Polka Dot Man was a very tragic, interesting character within the layers of that story, but. Right. He had also had a resurgence within Suicide Squad books prior to that. Hells yeah. So it's weird to see. And, and, I, and I wonder how much of it is, you know, because these most of these characters in here are public domain characters, right? Yes. So they're they're not licensed by anybody. Uh, when you I, I don't think, have to pay to use their likeness or anything like that. I think that's part of why he just kind of stuck them all in the book like that. He probably didn't have to ask permission or anything well, right, like so that. Right, so I wonder if bringing some of these older characters back was a way to avoid that was a way to relicense them. Uh, you know, obviously writers kind of work their things into the story, but I sure. wonder if there's something going on a little higher than them that says, hey, if you can find a way to use Kite Man, we're about to we're about to lose the rights to Kite Man. And he so, could be an interesting like I don't know why anybody would think Kite Man would be an interesting character. I mean they they've done it with with movie rights for sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. To like hold on to it for a little yeah. longer. I mean Disney has fought time and time again against characters like Mickey Mouse entering the public domain. Right. Because he should have. I mean, based on 
how original public domain laws and how old Mickey Mouse is. He should have entered the public domain 10 years ago. Yeah, I th- but I, Disney fought to keep that from happening. Well, so it's supposed to happen with uh, Superman and Captain America in the very near future here as well. So I, th- I, I don't think that, as, as, I think as long as they are still licensed, they can't be public domain, So right? But I think there is something to be, s- like the early appearances in uh-huh. the public domain, yes. The character itself is, I think that's no, what no, no, Disney the, has fought to change. The, the character will change. So like the, the public domain versions of them will be, the original Superman with the black, right? Like Steamboat black, Willie yes. is public. Do- should be public domain. Yeah, right. To be utilized however you would like to use it. It's not because Disney has fought very hard to keep that from happening in Florida and in California, where their you know companies are based. But uh, it's probably why they put him in the intro of every Disney movie. Well, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, it's. I don't think it's specific to the character. I think it's about. Early appearances, right, of the character should be public domain by now. Sure. I'm not really sure how the public domain laws work in this country, but I know Disney has fought hard to change them and keep Mickey Mouse within their company. Yeah, yeah, and then put Because imagine what people would do with Mickey Mouse, right? Be fantastic. Well, I mean, mean, it just happened with uh, Winnie the Pooh. We had that Winnie the Pooh horror movie. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. uh, Because he just became public domain. So, yeah, I think... I think in the near future here, as more of these things become public domain, it will, uh, like, I know Superman is, I think it's in the next five years that Superman, I, I don't, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but I, I was a character from the forties, thirties, thirties. Yeah. Is 38, it? I think 39 it's action comics. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, but, it, but it would be his original power set, not his current power you have to remember set. So he could too, leap a building in a single bound right, and stuff remember like that. remember too, that Superman is not current Superman. Right. That Superman was from a different Earth. Right. So losing the rights to that Superman doesn't change anything about what's going on with the Superman they have in the comics now. Sure. The modern interpretation of Superman didn't come about until Crisis on Infinite Earths, where we understood that all the Golden Age characters were actually from a different Earth. Sure. So his race to the public domain started in the 70s as opposed to the 30s. <laughs> Anywho, we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into yes, that. So yes. talking about uh, The League of Regrettable Superheroes by John Morris, um, the, the book was done in very clever fashion. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's, it's interesting because you can... Open, I mean, I think it's a good coffee table type book. Fantastic right? coffee table uh, book. You could just open to any random page and go, oh, Phanto Man. Yeah, funny. And read a few pages about Phanto Man. Yeah, and then set it down and go about your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Ideally, what you would, I think what you would do is you would want this to surprise you, right? So you oh, would, yeah. I read it, I read the whole thing because yeah. you asked me to, but ideally, I think if you're a, a casual Put this on your table and just open it randomly, right? Don't read it cover to cover. Just open it randomly to any random page and read that excerpt, right? Well, one of the things that I thought was so interesting about it is John actually, he, he wrote everything in here like he gave a shit. Like, he, he's very well-spoken. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, I think. It, he, oh, a lot of it is, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was He fun. was clearly having fun. It was campy. Yeah. But it was just great, man. I was like, good job, John. Like, Yeah, no, I really feel like it's a good history lesson for the world of comics. If you're a comic fan today and you've never looked into the history of comic, you're doing yourself a great disservice. Oh, my God. Because it, it's wild. It's so different. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because, like, I'll talk to an uninitiated friend about some things that are happening in comics now. Sure. The Eye is one of my favorites in there, by the way. Um, the Eye. 
but I'll talk to them about what's going on in comics now, and they're like, what the fuck, and how did it get from Peter Parker being a high schooler to here? Yes. And I'm like, I, I get it. I, I hear where you're coming from. Well, and there but are things. One 50 of the things years. I, yeah, one of the things I was looking for that I remember from the book. Yeah. Uh, that really, like, because you can look at these characters and see, oh, definitely some of them inspired some real characters. Oh, yeah. Right? The one that really stood out to me. At 70, uh, the Fab Four. Yeah, I wonder. The Fab Four. I wonder what they sparked. Anybody, uh, you see? See, Fab Four? <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's, you know, <laughs> ideas that ended up on the cutting room floor, but it's all parody of each other, right? Right. I mean, well, and, so, and you know, if this idea was pitched to somebody and uh, they were like, Gosh, that's fucking stupid. But then like a year later, they were thinking about it and they're like, man, maybe a team of four is not a bad idea. Right, right. Maybe the fabulous four is just a little, you know. The fab not, four seemed a little weird. Not yeah. tough. The fantastic four. Yeah. That sounds much better. That sounds fucking super <laughs> all of a sudden. So yeah, it's it's interesting to see not only these weird, obscure characters, but to see how some of them clearly inspired or have been utilized in other ways, right? I mean, there's characters in here that I remember seeing in Dynamite's Project Superpowers book yeah. that were just resurrected from the golden age of comics because Dynamite had the rights to a bunch of things like the Phantom and, and the Shadow yeah. and all of the old pulpy stuff. So it's funny to see, like, I, that's, again, why I knew some of the characters as I was going along because I read Project Superpowers. Right. So I got to a couple of them and I was just like, oh, you're a Project Superpowers character. Let me read about you because I don't know where you came from, you know? That's but incredible. it was fun. It's, it's a really good read. Um, it's a really good, like I said, if you're if you've never looked into the history, right. you should. No, it's a, and it, this is a good place to start. Yeah, well, and they have one about supervillains and another one about. So sidekicks. what I what I saw in researching this yeah. and looking into it was you got a loot crate version. I did. So the actual book has all of that content in it. The Does actual it? book is much thicker, and it's got supervillains and sidekicks in it as well. Really? So you yes. can buy them because when I was digging into it a little bit, I saw that you could buy them as individual books. I didn't know if they were all loot crate specials because there's no. There was an actual published book that yeah. was not that they they did. They shrunk them down for the loot crates, right? And mm. just sectioned them off the superheroes, the sidekicks, and the villains. Interesting. The actual book was much thicker and has all of that content in That's it. That's fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, this has sat on my shelf for years. I just, I didn't really fuck with it. I was like, sure. uh, I don't, I don't need to, I'm not going to read well, yeah, that. You, you, got a, you got into the loot crate craze. Not everything in the loot crate was what you wanted. It was just, no, nonsense. but this, this is like something that I found that I needed. And now I'm like, Oh, I got to get the others because sure. I do want them to be my coffee table books Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, or, or like the bathroom books, you know? Well, yeah. And, and if you think the superhero stuff is wild, as I was researching some of the stuff, the sidekick and the villain stuff is even more ridiculous. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Amazing, but it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun read. I'm glad you you, you passed it my way and had me yeah. had me check it out. Yeah, it's a it it was like you said, it was very campy, very tongue in cheek, but yeah. cute, fun, easy to pick up. You can literally flip to just about any page in the book, right. not be lost, get a little history yeah, lesson. I mean, it's and not have fun a, it's not it. an ongoing narrative that he presents here to teach you about these characters. No. It's excerpts. It's small parts couple of two or three pages each that just kind of explained to you how the characters came to be, what books they were utilized in. Uh, and it, yeah, it was, it was, it is, he's very tongue in cheek. It's fun. Do you, do you have a favorite like B flick character that's kind of come to light? 
Uh, doesn't have to be out of here, but just in general. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say in general, right? Because sure. my immediate go to would be Black Hand, right? Because this is a character who was laughable, right, and became such an integral part, became the main villain of a very big crossover that they had been building to for a while. Um, but if it came to ones that are silly, probably Kite Man. I mean, I keep sure. going back to Kite Man. I know that's weird, right? But I think he's such a he's such a thing from a bygone era. You know what I mean? Where the men had to talk a specific way, how they spoke to women was very specific, and it's bad. It's sexist as hell, like sure. for sure. But they've not changed him. They've kept him the same way as this kind of man out of time character who just yeah. doesn't understand modern sensibilities or relationships or any of that kind of stuff. He just still thinks it's the 1950s. And he, he talks just, that way. He just is who he is. And he's yes. lighting up cigarettes on planes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a funny character. And he's just a goofy guy with a green suit and a kite on his back that he uses to glide through the sky. Yeah. Which seems in and of itself just ridiculous. Like, that's not how physics works. No. <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun. It is so fun. Within this book, I think the one that made me laugh the most uh, was the eye. See, and I was right on the. Cover. I was the same fucking way. So he I'm, made me laugh the most. I was I, just like, "What?" I'm sitting here reading about the eye, and I'm like, "This is the worst character yeah. I've ever heard of," and I want to read more about well, him. And it's such a weird alien thing. It reminded me of Dupe. You know who Dupe is? No, no, no. no. So Who's there Dupe? was a, a story called Ecstatics that Milligan, uh, Peter Milligan, wrote, um, and. It, it just introduced some mutants that just could never exist in normal society. <laughs> sure. They're like kind of like a more modern Morlocks. Okay. Okay. Right. But they were a superhero team. They formed a superhero team and it was funny. In almost every issue, someone died mm -hmm. and was immediately replaced by some other rando character in the very next issue. Right. But, uh, Dupe was a weird little alien thing. That's just kind of a blob. He looks like Slimer kind of. Yeah. And if I remember right, he only has the one eye. So in my immediate seeing the eye made me go, you know, this is weird, but they're still doing weird shit like this. Oh, 100%. Right? I thought of dupe, but I was like, that's an example of how things that were considered strange and were left long ago come back around. Well, I was, I was actually just, uh, I just watched a video about Rob Lightfield. Is that how you say it? Rob Liefeld. Liefeld, yeah. yeah. Um, and Ugh, how... I hate that guy. He, he's like, he's a love-hate guy for a lot of people. He, I don't hate the man. I think he's probably a nice guy. He's just a terrible artist. And I don't understand how he keeps getting work. So his art early on was better than no, wasn't. the art that came out. Hold on, hold on. They, they, I like this video actually chronicled when he started. I, his shit was more. I know realistic. when he, I have his early work, and it looks just like his it, modern work. It got he more, is not and more ridiculous. At all. It got more and more ridiculous because he would try to do these wild things so that he could do the page layouts very different. And okay, but as a penciler, he's bad. Yeah, I'm not. I hear, he doesn't know how to draw he's the not, human body. He's not my. He's the one that gave guy. us that, that Captain America with the giant chest. Goddamn right. He's the one that can't draw feet. I literally opened up a, a, a Deathstroke issue that he drew that opened on Lobo sitting in a uh, like a cantina eating, and he had two left hands. Good. Like, seriously, both of his hands sitting on the table were left. Like, how do you keep getting work, bro? Also, and how did you not notice that when you were drawing it? 
These are the kind of things I'm talking about. He's just a bad artist, and for some reason, people keep hiring him. It's the him. name. It's the name. He was. He was. It's the name. It it's is. not like he's the son of someone famous. Don't have like to be. John Romita Jr., he who's also up. pretty bad at what he does. He blew up in the '90s. When when he blew up because fuck, of Image. Yeah, let's be well, honest. He Liefeld up, had had some. He work. was blowing up before Image when he was with Marvel. Sure, Liefeld had had some work with Marvel, but it wasn't until Image that he became a household name. But he was dumping characters out into the Marvel universe like it was going out of fucking style. Well, yeah, he created Deadpool. Yeah, At I least know. He's credited as one of the creators of Deadpool. When it he was, didn't design. He designed the look of the character. It was a shit ton of different characters that he did, and it's so interesting because yeah, we did get a Deadpool out of it. Yeah, uh, and. These guys will go in there and randomly do shit like that. And nobody gave a fuck about Deadpool for a long time. Just because at the so beginning, Deadpool know. was not the no. Deadpool we know today. No, he not was at just all. a mercenary. Yes. And he was like a serious guy. For for a couple of issues at that. He wasn't like New a New Mutants ninety eight. Yeah. They he, introduced him. And all the rest of the stuff he was in as part of the New Mutants, he was like a serious guy. Uh-huh. It wasn't until he became part of the Weapon X program that he that became the Merc with the brains got scrambled, yeah. and he he's self aware now that he's in a comic book. Yes, yeah. So, like having having that stuff happen has been really cool, and like yeah, a guy like that I could totally see being in a book like this. Sure, yeah, uh, yeah. All you know, maybe fifty years from now. Oh when, yeah, no, when we're talking about the regrettable superheroes of today of of fucking ninety four <laughs> in a book like this. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we're not that far from it at this point. Fuck, the nineties were thirty years ago, early nineties anyway. I mean, it's true, and but see, the problem is a lot of the staples that became part of comics in the nineties are still going strong. No, man. they are. They are. You know what I mean? Like Wolverine still wears that goofy yellow and blue costume and he switches it out with the the orange and tan one every now and again and he wears the x-force one that's just black and gray yeah but we still occasionally see him in that ridiculous yellow costume where did that come from the 90s when everything had to be bright and colorful goddamn right <laughs> so there's cyclops has recently taken to wearing his classic 90s costume in the comics as well oh has he really with the with the little yes, thing coming the... across with the x that's how he always talked to people you, you need a communicator his little x you need a bunch of pockets on you well, that was a Liefeld thing too. I know it was. Having Liefeld and guys, guys like Liefeld and Brett Booth really were the guys who gave us the pouches on everything. Cable literally has a little leg thing that Just has pouches. Pouch. I'm like, that's not convenient to be able to access on a regular basis in the midst of battle. Listen, you're not a superhero. You can't make that assumption. I can't make that assumption. <laughs> you need a belt. A belt like Batman's with little pouches on it. That's fine. But every time I have to bend over to get to my leg pouch, come you, on. You ran out of fucking hip pouches. Now I got to get to my leg pouch. Yeah. In the midst of battle. That's never happened to you before. No. Because that's out, not how it works. When I'm out in public and I'm fucking fighting crime, I will randomly be like, oh, oh no, I'm out. And then I'll have to go to my go leg to my pouch. leg pouch. my ankle pouch, the ankle like pouch. Uh, Scarlet Spider yeah. had the stupid ankle pouch. Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, Liefeld also likes to think he's way more important than he is, and that just rubs me the wrong way. Like he was when Deadpool one and two came out, he was on set and he was like talking about things that he probably shouldn't have been talking about. Uh, but n no big deal, right? 20th Century Fox, I guess, was not that worried. Anything that people were talking about was going to make more hype for the movie. Sure. Disney, however, is very secretive about the things that they do, they and are. they want to preserve as much of what this film, this new Deadpool film, will be. And so Liefeld like teased a like, oh, I'm going to talk about this on my on my AMA on Wednesday, and Disney in the interim day said, 
No, you're not. This is this is what a <laughs> cease and desist looks like. Right. No, you're not going to talk about Remember this. Remember all that paperwork we had you sign? And if you continue to pretend or try to talk about this, guess who's not going to be on the set anymore? You. Yeah, you know what's so hysterical about that, though? So, like, going into all of that... As soon as they fucking start filming set photos are everywhere. Everywhere. Well, sure, but that's... Look, I can see the costume, and that's great. Yeah. But the context of the scene, I have no idea what that context of that scene is. Got a pretty good idea that fucking Deadpool and Wolverine are duking it out. I think they're best friends. I think this is going to be a buddy road trip. I think it turns Buddy in, cop, multiversal th- road trip. I think it turns into a buddy cop movie, but I think it starts off with some friction. I, I really hope they pull off the line that is one of the most classic Deadpool-Wolverine moments. It comes from Messiah War uh in x-force okay and they went to the future and deadpool was one of the people who was still alive because he just he's immortal he just yeah, can't he die. die yeah uh and wolverine managed to sneak up on him and shoves his claws through his face like we see the three claws coming out of his face and he just goes logan are you a telepath now i can feel you in my head it's fantastic and it's a beautiful line and i love it and i hope they put it in the movie because it's a great line they're gonna i think they will do something Along those lines, oh, you're inside of me. Right. You know, sure. something dirty. Yeah, yeah. But I do think the costume, we're off track, but I do think the costume looks great. It Everyone does. always said that yellow and blue costume would look silly on a real person. I think it looks fucking awesome. Fuck up. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Um, Bat in the Sun did a goddamn good. It was uh, one of their superhero beatdown things. So, yes, but they did the, the X-Force costume. The they did. The black and the gray, which looks fine. It, right? That looks great. That's when a it, Batman costume on Wolverine, right? When it still it still has the shapes that you want to be Wolverine, right, but I don't think that's what ever. I don't think that's what everybody ever complained about. It was always not necessarily how the costume looks. It was that that bright color scheme is just will not look good on a live action person. I disagree. I think it looks great. I think it looks really great. Fuck yeah, it does. They even teased the brown and tan costume mm-hmm. or the orange and tan costume in. The Wolverine from a deleted scene yep. where he's on the plane and he opens that he case. He opens the case, yeah. And it's got that brown, that orange and tan costume with the cowl. So I, I do have to say that, like, the fact that Hugh Jackman's doing it again is it's bittersweet because Logan yeah. was so fucking good. I really enjoyed Logan. And Logan's I that, that would have been the best way to retire it. To yeah, like yeah, retire I mean, your Wolverine, like you said, you were retiring Professor Xavier, retiring Wolverine. Yeah. It was a great, and everybody else was already dead, so it didn't matter. Yeah, but then Professor X came back to do that fucking cameo and that silly yeah, it's movie. Not a universe, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, I loved that cameo. Oh no, well, the don't cameo, be talking shit on that cameo. I'm not. That cameo was fantastic. I'm not. The whole he even did the that uh, whole scene was fucking uh, great. Right. Everything that because happened in the there cartoon was great. and in the old comics, we had to show a way to. We had to have a way to show telepathy, right? So it it became this. It became I'm going to put my hand here and I'm going to reach out. That's well, how you I use can't my do telepathy. telepathy like this. But they they would also do the little the little waves <laughs> the coming waves, off, yeah. them, and they did that in the movie. There's a moment where he's using his powers, and you can see the little waves coming off his head. I was just like, this is fucking brilliant. This is great. What scientist is created whatever you this? think, right? Whatever you think about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I personally enjoyed I, it. I liked the. movie. I had a good time with the movie. But whether you like it or not, Xavier killed it. No, 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 no. The worst Patrick part, Stewart kills it. The worst part of that entire movie was uh, Haley Atwell getting cut in half right after she said, "I could do this all day." Oh, sure. It's like, yeah. well, that sucks. Well, I think I think that that was what most people were disappointed by sure. is, well, Scarlet Witch shouldn't be more powerful than, but yeah, she is. She definitely is. She's the most powerful character in the Marvel universe, and she always has been. Yes, that's not new. No, right? If she wanted to, she could kill them all. Yes. Absolutely. She used her powers to alter the entire world's brains. 
everyone in the world's brains got altered because she wanted to create a world where mutants were supreme. Mm -hmm. House of M is born. She did that WandaVision thing to the whole world. <laughs> Put the entire, every brain on the planet in her illusion. She does what she She is wants. the most powerful person in the Marvel Universe. So yes, could she kill all six of those? But yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Five. Yeah. I think she only faced five. I think it was five of them. Because Mordo was, was watching Doctor Strange. Yeah, no, they, yeah, she yeah. could totally kick their asses. Yeah, absolutely. I Everyone said, oh, Mr. Fantastic and, and Black Bolt. Yes, Absolutely. So Mr. Fantastic and Black Bolt are total badasses. There's no doubt about it. Sure. But, and so is Professor X. Yeah. It's still, she's, yeah, she's different. Well, yeah, and Professor X operates in the astral plane. Right. The people that use chaos magic, the astral plane is their home. It's where they hone their abilities, right? Like, you got nothing on her in the astral plane. Now, the argument can be made, the only one that doesn't make sense is Professor Xavier. Sure. Right, but again, if you think about the fact that telepathy and tele and these kind of powers exist in the astral plane. She, when she was learning from the book, all of that time was spent in the astral plane. Right. And she would have the, yeah, this bond with that place. That's probably yeah. beyond what professor right. Xavier X would ever have. slips into it. Yes. As a result of using his powers to enter someone's brain, but you entered the wrong brain, bud. This is the brain that can fight you. Nah, and a fucking crazy one. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got way off topic, though. We did. We did. We were talking about a book. It's a good book. You should read the book. <laughs> get it. Get a copy. <laughs> yes. And get the get the thicker copy. Look and make sure, because there is a, a copy yeah, <laughs> that has all three of these little teeny books, right? This is not tiny by any no, stretch of the imagination. Probably, what, 100, 120 pages, something like that? It's yeah, not giant. I don't know. Let's look. There's a, there's a page count. 126. There you go. U.S. one. Oh my God! These are these are ridiculous characters in this ridiculous book. But check out the bigger one that's got the sidekicks and the villains. Because as I was going down that rabbit hole, man, it's weird. Yeah, I uh, after after seeing that there were more, I was like, I well, I have to have all of them now. Yeah, if you buy those little ones though, those are the ones that came in loot crates, like randomly. Had uh, yeah, I I didn't know that they had divided one book up into multiples. I figured they had made an omnibus after that. No, no, no. The original book was was thick. Like it had all of that Shit. content in there. They 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 parsed it out yeah. to give you a loot crate thing every I, month. I hope John Morris made a bunch of fucking money on that. He probably did. It seems didn't. pretty popular from what I've seen, right? No, from it's, the rabbit hole I went down in researching this. There's there's a there's like a cult following for it for sure. Yeah. Um I I don't know if every uh comic fan is super into it or at least our our regular listeners well, I don't know if they but are. But again, it, it, you should look into the history, right? Mm -hmm. That is that is what I think this book did best for me is it allowed me a a a peek behind the curtain into the history of comics that I just didn't know. Right. Yeah, when you uh when you open up your mind's eye and you go into the fucking 30s, 40s, 50s and yeah, just, I mean I've read Action Comics number 1. I've read Amazing Fantasy 15. I've read Detective Comics 27. They're weird. They're it's not different. these are not the characters you know today. No. And you're doing yourself a disservice to not see those early those early appearances. X-Men number 1 from 63. Weird and awesome. Again, it does assault your modern sensibility, right? Oh, big time. Keep in mind it was a different time. Yeah, we're talking you know, 50, 70, 80 years ago. Sure. Uh, so there are some things where I think uh, buyer beware, right? I think sure. if, you, if you go into this thinking, oh, uh, this is just going to be great, it's not all great. Sure. I mean, shit, Dr. Hormone is a perfect example of why not all of it was great. 
we tried to we tried to use it as different things for different people, right? <laughs> there were people that tried to use the comic industry as a way to teach you things about your body, your changing bodies, about drugs. Shit. The cover of that Green Lantern, Green Arrow uh, uh, issue literally has Speedy Needle in his arm shooting up, right? I mean, comics back then, we didn't really... The focus was never on ongoing storytelling. Right. It was more on... It was episodic. It was more on an episodic yeah. basis. So every now and again, we got a weird one that was just trying to teach you something, right? Don't do drugs, kids. Winners <laughs> don't do drugs. How many times do you remember Captain America? You're right in the middle of your Marvel comic book, and all of a sudden you turn to a page that has Captain America on it, so you assume it's still part of the comic, and it's not. It's just him telling kids, don't do drugs. Hey, <laughs> if you ever thought about doing drugs... Fucking don't. Do something else. Uh, okay. <laughs> do what we say, not what we do. Drugs are great. Oh no, they're God. not. They're not great. Some drugs are great. Other drugs are terrible. Jesus. Is that something I can tell the audience? I, dude, Some say, drugs are great. We, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. If you've ever had a headache and you pop an ibuprofen, you might be really grateful for that drug at that point in time. If you've had to go on antibiotics or something like that. If you've ever been super stressed out and you smoked a big fatty joint, you'll understand why some drugs are great. Yeah. You ever had a stressful week at work so you go home and crack open a beer? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's drugs. Fucking nice. It's drugs. It's all drugs. <laughs> Don't do drugs except the cool ones. Anyway. <laughs> What's the best one? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us down below in the comments oh what your God. favorite drugs are? <laughs> and this one gets fucking yanked off. Of this YouTube. one will get flagged by YouTube yeah, and get gonna, pulled. They're gonna be like, "Oh, these dipshits are telling everybody." Whatever. We're not. We don't have a big enough profile that YouTube's paying attention to us yet. Look, we're not saying to use drugs. Okay, I mean, if we have to say we're not saying to use drugs. Do we have to say that? Is I that, don't know what we have to okay, say. I, I mean, we don't have to say anything. We get to. Here's the thing. Half of this is just audio that goes up into entertain the geeky space well, right. and can say whatever we want. And it's no secret that you smoke pot. It's no sure. secret that but I we drink. Also exist, we also exist, again, in this weird place where we have somewhat of a following, but not a large enough following yet to where right. YouTube's actually paying attention to what our content is. When it's, it's one of those funny things where it's like, okay, if I, if I was talking to my kids, I'd be like, hey, wait until your brain's done developing. That that's my whole thing. I know realistically they're probably going to experiment at some point in time or another. Everybody tries drugs and everybody tries sex. Everybody do. I get. We I do get these it. things. And We're I'm teenagers. Just like, I'm just like wait till wait wait till your brain's done. I didn't try pot for the first time till I was 25. Uh, I smoked pot for the first time when I was 13. Yeah, didn't like it. wasn't for oh, me. I loved it. Yeah, the very first moment I was just like, this is a great drug. This is for me. This is for me. We are so far off. Oh, yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, read Captain the book. America. Yeah, read this book. League and of Regrettable Superheroes by John Morris. If you have, <laughs> if you've already read it, um, tell us who your favorite regrettable superhero is. Yes, there's some good ones. There are some, some really very good ones. good ones. And again, there's some that are just they're still around in other forms, which is interesting. Yeah, they've morphed. Yeah, yeah, they just become something else. I mean, tell me this guy, this this guy right here in the corner, is not just the shadow. Right. That's the shadow. Right? For sure. Like, For that sure. was the first thing I said. I was like, is the shadow? Because the shadow didn't fade to obscurity. He's, He's definitely not regrettable. Still part of, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is Lord Deadman. 
this guy down here. This is Lord Deadman, right? That's not what his name is in this book, but there's a character called Lord Deadman. Look him up. He's he's this guy. He even has a sidekick, which this guy does too. <laughs> this is Lord Deadman. This, I mean, that's who he is. That's he a horrible Lord fucking Deadman. name, though. I know. This was his Somebody name. Was, could you imagine being in that writing room and they're like, "What are you going to call this guy?" Lord, Lord, dead man. And they're like, yeah, Lord, what? Uh, he's a skeleton, so dead, and he's male, so man. He's yep. going to be Lord, dead, Lord, dead man. man. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> and and check out, like I said, Google the, uh, the, the, the comic history museum or comic museum or something. I don't remember what the exact keywords were. I assume comic and museum will probably get you there, comic book and museum. I'll try to put some... Put some links in the uh, descriptions and stuff here so you guys can indulge in some of this. Well, and you can download like this. This this whole project is about preserving the things that have entered the public domain mm-hmm. that we would never have otherwise seen again, right? Right. It, we would in their original form. Let me say, sure, because the public domain means you could use the character for whatever you want. Yeah. So I may see the character. We'll never see those original uh, things again. And I think this this and and the website is a good way to kind of deep dive into the history get into it yeah folks it's wild it's fucking wild <laughs> um guys go to entertainthegeeky.com uh you can follow us on all of our social media there there you can also get your own copy of Merle's truck stop in Maine through the end of July here okay after July's free. over no more free you use the promo code geeky Geeky, sorry, it's right there. So it's in front of you. So it's in front. Uh, so there. it's overlaid over you. Fucking, it's you just you just do it's this. It's this way. Ha! Here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're way too nerdy. Yeah, use that. Use that promo code. Enjoy it. Get get some play time in. And uh, as always, stay geeky. Okay. Bonus content. Bonus. <laughs> Bonus. Did you do anything good this week? Any new stuffs? Uh, we got we got back issues for our back issue bin from Paul. That was cool. Oh no shit! Yeah, I got to go out and like go through some boxes, and ultimately we bought ten boxes from him. Of that's sweet. Some modern, some last five year stuff, some eighties, nineties stuff. Just a swath of different so you've things. got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the goal is when we open to look like we've been here forever. Sure. Right. So when you open the drawer, it's full already. There's stuff in there. Even though I haven't pulled anything off the wall to put in there. Right. It's full. There's stuff in there. And some of the, I went through a couple of the boxes. I was trying to start organizing things. I ran out of time. But uh, some of the stuff's good. Like it's good 80s, 90s. So it's not valuable, but it's good, like just weird reads from the eighties and nineties. There's some ultimate stuff in there, which, which excited me, which is why I took that one box. I, I came across a big swath of ultimate books. And I was like, this is a box I'm taking. Consider it done. <laughs> yeah. I, but would- I did find a, an interesting gem when I was going through one of the boxes, a star Wars shadows of the empire Kenner special. Holy shit. So it's made out of newsprint. Okay. The only way to get them was to buy a toy set. Uh-huh. Uh, Darth Vader versus Prince Zixer. And Chewbacca versus someone, some bounty hunter character. I don't know. It was a weird. There was yeah. weird two sets, and they each came with this comic book. Each each one of the comics had a different cover uh, to to kind of illustrate the set, right? So the Darth Vader Prince Zixer set had Darth Vader and Prince Zixer on the cover, uh, or Zizor, however you say that guy's name. Sure. Um, but uh, it's actually kind of valuable. So I like called Paul. 
and was like, hey, I don't know if you meant to leave this in here, but this has had a resurgence lately and it's going for like $90, yeah. $100 in this condition. And he was like, uh, you keep it. You just keep it. You, Jason, keep it. And I was like, okay, Done. I will. <laughs> and I think Paul is wont to do those kinds of things for me because he knows I'm not going to sell it. Right. right. I'm not looking to make money off of anything. I collect things. I keep them. I don't sell them. I have sold comics to Paul before, but not for any kind of profit. I right. sold them because I was getting married and I needed some extra cash. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? To to pay off some things that were going on, photographers and and, and Wedding shit, and which DJs is very expensive. And, yeah, yeah, caterers, <laughs> that kind of stuff. The, so yeah, that part. was a sell of necessity not to get rich. And I don't ever think I'm going to get rich with comic books, right? I mean, I do have some things that are valuable right now like i have ultimate fallout number four which is the first miles that comic's probably valuable it's probably a couple hundred bucks yeah not super not gonna break the bank or anything ungreat i'm sure you have edge of the spider verse four whatever first appearance of spider gwen two it's two is it two Edge Spider Verse two i do have that uh that's five hundred dollars ungraded i saw the other day yeah yeah raw that's fucking insane spider gwen's huge man it's it's all about those characters that not only first appeared but stayed around i made an impact i'm half tempted to sell mine right now yeah, I mean, I have first Riri Williams. I have first Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. I have first, uh, oh, there's another one in the vein of young, oh, Sam Alexander Nova. Jeez. Uh, but these are all characters that are modern new characters that right. stuck around, right? So I was reading anyway. I was right. picking them up. And then when someone said, oh, that's the first appearance of Miss Marvel, I went, it is? Cool. Neat. I had no idea. Yeah, right? I didn't care. I, you were going to read it regardless. Yeah, I was, it was part of a book. It was part of Captain Marvel, and I right. was reading Captain Marvel. Oh, dude, Captain Marvel was so good at that point in time, too. Well, yeah, that was when Kelly Sue DeConnick came in and kind of rejiggered her origin a little mm-hmm. bit and, and kind of gave us who the modern interpretation of Carol is yep. today. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, you know, little things like that that I didn't even know were, were valuable books until someone told me, right? First appearance of Ruby Williams was valuable. After she appeared in Black Panther, that one went up. Fuck Not yeah. a lot, but it went up. As much, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Take it, take it. When you had a cop, when you had a comic that had a three ninety nine price tag on it, you could sell it for a couple hundred bucks. It's pretty good ROI. You fucking slayed. <laughs> no, well, I, so right after, uh, I guess it was a, a f- probably six months, six to eight months after um, that first appearance of Spider Gwen came out. I was doing, a, I was clearing out old polls. Yeah, and there was a copy of it, and I, I fucked up so bad because. I only have one copy of it. I wasn't a dick that went and cleaned everything out. Sure. So I find one in this poll that we're liquidating, and I walk up to the manager, and I was like, hey, I found this. I should have just bought it. Yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. I didn't. Strike while the iron's hot, bro. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, I found this, and he's like, all right, well, uh, I think I've got somebody that wanted that one. I'll, I'll call him and let him know he can get it at cover price. And I was like, motherfucker. I should have just bought it. I should have. I didn't. It. But you know what? Whatever, Edge man. Spider-Verse, that's an interesting one because that's how I first met Paul. Paul Gabani, Cloud9 Comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he came in to came buy all in, of them. He grabbed every copy off the shelf. Yeah. There was and like you were eight, like, no. Nine of them. And I was like, yeah, nah, I'll sell you two. Sure. And he was like, why can't I have all of them? I said, because there are people that want to read it, man. Like I have customers that it was Thursday. Yeah. The day after the book came out, I'm like there's people that still haven't come in this week that are going to want to read it. I'm not selling you all of them because I want to be accommodating. And he was like, well, can, can my wife buy two as well? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't care. So I also met his wife for the first time that day. 
<laughs> but my initial impression of this guy was fucking hate you, bro. You flipper asshole who doesn't you, you care get, about the comic you get at all. The fuck out of here. Yeah, he doesn't care about the comic at all. I, my mind has changed on that now, and it's like, look, no, I'll take your money. You want to buy ten copies of the book? Sure, take them. I don't care. Sure, but early on in my comic working career, I was just like, no, that's not fair. You shouldn't get to buy them all. No, other people need this. Right. There are people who are reading Edge of Spider-Verse that if you buy them all are not going to get to read that part now. I hate when they do that in the middle of a miniseries, right? They did that with Punchline, too, and everybody freaked out about Punchline. Mm -hmm. It was like Year of the Villain number two or something, number right. three, where she first appears. And it's a cameo. It's not even a full appearance. She's like, Joker calls her on the phone. And we okay, cut bye. to like one panel of her on the yeah. phone and that was it. That was the appearance. And so a bunch of people came in that week and were just like, there's, there's no year of the villain number three. It's like, I've got one and two. I got, I got to read number three, you know, but now they can't because crazy people bought every copy to make 50 bucks a pop off them. Had a, had a customer who got, I think he said seven, seven copies of walking dead one in a uh, back issue sale for 50 cents a pop. Sure. And he was like, dude, I sold my last, this was year, probably 10 years ago that I was talking to him about right. it. He's like, I sold my last one for, you know, 7,500 bucks or something crazy. And I was just like, well, you fucking cleaned house, bro. Because yeah. if you got a bunch of a book that nobody gave a flying fuck about. Sure. And just, it was the right one, right time, right place. Good on you, man. Right, right. Good my, on my you. Thoughts, my thoughts on the whole matter, like I said, are just, they've, they've evolved over the sure. years, right? It's like, yeah, whatever. I, I'll take your money and I don't care that you're going to make 50 bucks off of that book. Um, but I, I think there's still like the thought to say two is one to read, one to sell. Sure. And right? I think that's fair, right? I, I did that when I was a kid. I have two copies of ultimate Spider-Man number one in my collection. I have two copies of ultimate X-Men number one in my collection. Why? In case I ever wanted to sell one. I never did. I still have them. <laughs> so, I don't know what the point of that was, but I've definitely been a guy that's bought two copies of things before thinking, well, maybe one day I'll sell one. But I don't want to sell the only one I have. Right. right? I don't want to sell the one extra one that's that I never touched, that I put in a bag and board and I sealed it away and I never touched it. That's where it gets hard. Okay, yeah. it gets hard because, yeah, if you have your copy of something, it's like, oh. Like first, I, uh, Ultimate Fallout number four. I only have one. I'm, I can't sell that. I, have, I won't have it. <laughs> what is it? Secret Wars 8, first appearance, black suit, Spider-Man. I have one of those. I, I got it for next to nothing. Book's not in great shape, but sure. I could grade it and it would be a few hundred dollars. Sure. And I, I'm just like, man. But no, it's the only one I got. I, I can't get rid of that book yeah, ever. Yeah, when it just so happened, I found, I was probably 10 years old. I went into a comic shop and they had a uh, back issue sale and I bought Secret Wars 1 through 6. Sure. They didn't have anything after that. And I was like, oh, fuck, that sucks. But I bought all those because I was like, this is so cool. I have sure. this little piece of history here. I yeah, wish yeah. I had the next two. Yeah. Uh, didn't get it for fucking, you know, 15 years after that. But it was right. it kicked ass when I got it, man. I was so stoked. Yeah. So, yeah, once I have more time to go through those boxes, I imagine I'll find more stuff like that. Right. Because most of the stuff we're going to put in the drawers, sell for a dollar. Right. You shouldn't pay more for a back issue. You should pay less for a back issue. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, so they're, they're going to be a dollar. Um, but when it comes to, you know, things like things like first appearances and, and most of that shit, Paul probably took out of there. Sure. But occasionally I might come across something and I'm going to tell him I have it, right? I want to be above board and I want to say, Hey, I just wanted to let you know. That's why I called him about the star Wars thing. Like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know. I have something. This yeah. is actually valuable. Do you want it back? And I imagine most of the time he'll say, nah, Right. Because it's just not worth it or right. it's not that valuable or whatever. But uh, 
But that doesn't mean I'm not going to take those things, bag and board them, put them in a case, and hang them on the wall at a higher premium. Sure. Right? Because even though, you know, uh, just as an example, right, that that Star Wars sells for $90, $100. Mm-hmm. Well, so if I were to put that on the wall, I have 30 bucks on it, right? I'm not going to sell it for $90, $100, but I'm going to sell it for more than a dollar. Right. Right? There's There's definitely people that have brought boxes in, and this is why I will never not look through a box, because John Perks bought comics from a guy and just didn't even look, sight unseen, put them with 25-cent comics. All 12 issues of Watchmen were in that box. No fucking way. And a guy got them for a quarter apiece. And I was so angry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so angry. Not only because we could have gotten more out of them, but I would have taken them. Right, you're like, I would have bought those. I will pay more than a quarter apiece for them. Like, what are you talking about? This is all 12 issues of Watchmen in pretty good shape. They were bagged and boarded and everything. They're yeah, in pretty fantastic. decent shape. And we sold them for a quarter apiece. Motherfucker. Guy came up and he said, these are a quarter, right? And I was like, no. Where, where did you get those? And he was like, out of that quarter box over there. And I was just like, John. <laughs> yes, they're a quarter. And from that moment on, I said, John, you're not allowed to do that anymore. If you buy a box, you put it in the back until I get a chance to look through it. There you go. <laughs> That's for you guys. You guys need to go out there and fucking check those back issues. Yeah, you can find some gems, man. 